Um, Pyroboros says there was a game that revealed that Peach had a different form without the crown. Is there? Is this canon? I need to is find this, this game. I might get into video games just to answer these questions. I, I know that people do fan art. There's like fan art for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it rule rule thirty four? Is like if the internet can think of it, there's porn of it, right? <laughs> like, no matter what, uh, yeah. there's some weird stuff out there. The the, um, the rabbit hole goes on forever, especially like on like Twitter. I follow like uh, fan fiction. And like something okay. that's really good, like well, I was sorry with like the Game of Thrones and like trying to figure out if they would get the ending before the ending happened. Yeah. Uh, and then like, you know, and like the replies and stuff is like, go oh, here, check out my story. Check out my story. And then just kept going and going. And I'll be like, my God, <laughs> like the imagination some people have. All right, and we are live with a Valentine's Day or Valentine's Eve, uh, if that's a thing, episode of The Key Live. I'm your host, Mitra Pereira, and today we're talking about the greatest romances in geekdom. Best and worst, I would say, because one could say uh, some of these romances are great in a very bad way, uh, uh, if, if, if that works with the English language. Uh, yeah, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. It's Valentine's Eve, which is the day that I go door to door with a potato sack and I ask people for dates. Um, <laughs> I haven't gotten one yet, but uh, <laughs> this neighborhood's just being stingy. Uh, let me introduce to you my guests for today. First, longtime guest. He's been on many of these episodes. Last episode he was on, he was the Jurassic Park episode, and uh, we talked dinosaurs. And today, we're going to talk love, uh, both good and bad. It's Ricky Prieto. Ricky, how you doing? I'm good. Just uh, enjoying the like, the sun and like the nice weather. Yeah. Uh, it looks dark where you're, where you're at right now. Is it raining hearts? Uh, it's raining hearts, yes. I, uh, I am full of love and I'm ready to explode. And maybe it might land in your potato sack. Oh. Or if, oh. I mean, if you're if you're in my neighborhood and I knock on your door, just hop in. All right. <laughs> in the sack. <laughs> you just hop in the sack. That's I have. I go door to door with the sack, just like every Valentine's Eve. Uh, I dress up in costume and I go door to door and we see what happens. Uh, I really hope that our our uh, our banter, Ricky, isn't scaring off our first time Keeg live guest, but second time overall Keeg guest, Vaga Bondage. Vaga, Hello. how you doing? I'm so fantastic. I do not have nice sunny weather like uh, Ricky over there. So I'm just kind of <laughs> thinking jealous thoughts, but uh, I'm gazing out my window at some nasty snow that's not going to last more than a couple more hours. So it's uh, it's winter here in Vancouver. Yeah. Mm. What, what is what it looks like. I, don't I guess it's winter here, but yeah, it's, it's officially hit. It's officially hit Vancouver. Normally, this time of year, <laughs> we're like lounging in cherry blossoms, but for some reason, this February decided now nah, we're going to do snow. We're just going to mix it up. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's what's Valentine's in Vancouver like? Oh my gosh! And you just like people skiing and like kissing each other as I they suppose. ski. Uh, there's always like city little. Uh, 
pop-up uh, photo opportunities around our city are, they try to be really conscious of different holidays. I personally don't really believe in Valentine's Day. I know it's a horrible thing to say yeah. at the beginning of this kind of conversation, but yeah. uh, it's, it's a thing. But today is Galentine's Day, which I much more support because <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are fans of the Parks and Recreation, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, know that you, you know Leslie Nope and her Galentine's Day is the best day of the year besides treat yourself. So yeah, that's what I like to think about community and family and love in different ways. And uh, so that's a lot more special to me than uh, Hallmark trying to push chocolates and flowers in our faces. Yeah. I know there's an episode of 30 Rock when Tina Fey wants to avoid Valentine's Day because she's single. So she's like, happy uh, Anna Howard Shaw Day. <laughs> and she like schedules she schedules like a molar removal but they need a gas here so she needs someone to pick her up and she realizes how lonely she is <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Tina Fey yeah. it's okay she's got her best friend there I uh I don't really ever celebrate Valentine's Day other than like when I was in my long-term relationship because that was the only time I had a Valentine I think like I don't have a Valentine just randomly like, mm -hmm. do people really scramble for Valentine's Day when they're single? They're like, oh, you know, like, who? who oh, I, I mean, I just talked about jumping in my potato sack, but still. Yeah, you know. I bought a dog, so now I have a forever Valentine. Oh. Yeah, I got him. Because it was I am, getting, it was I getting a lot. <laughs> Does that count? Yeah. yeah. Grogu and uh, I am cuddle up tomorrow with some gingerbread cookies and just call it, like, Christmas belated. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to see, I feel like Grogu has like a Mona Lisa smile right now in your background. Oh yeah. He's like, creepy like that. Is, is he happy? Is he not happy? Uh, yeah. He, he's a, a little, um, upset that I forgot to put his Valentine's bow on, but, uh, he's, he's killing out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are here to talk about, uh, romance in the things that we watch in pop culture, in geekdom, comic books, movies, TV, books, whatever, uh, video games. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't play Mario and Peach, you know, I don't know. Were they? They're, I always uh, thought he was better off with, like, Luigi. <laughs> but they're brothers. Are they? Yeah. Oh, Mario and Luigi unclear. are brothers. Oh. Yeah, Mario, Mario, and Mario Luigi brothers. Mario. It all makes yeah. sense now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I'm just myself best... for how much I know about video games, guys. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, that's <laughs> an interesting ship. Okay. Yoshi well, and Bruno are the are the relationship of Nintendo. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Although do you that play video said, games? We do have another like uh, I Mario odd couple like that. Yeah. What did you say, Vaga? I was gonna say that being said, we do have another odd couple coming up on the list later on. So <laughs> we, the we, we have a made yeah. either way. Yeah. Uh do you oh, do you know enough about Mario? I don't it's not on my list I, of I like to, couples. I had I'm an just... N64, you know, and there there was Peach at I the mean, end of the puzzle. Yeah, and the story Yoshi never changes. I thought Toad Okay, here's it. Actually, now that I think about it, there was a song back on YouTube back in the early two thousands called Mario Kart Love Song. And okay. it was huge viral. It was like one of the first viral videos I ever remember. And it talks about Toad and, and Peach. I didn't realize that Peach was supposed to be with Mario. I thought Toad and Peach were the thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, <laughs> it the whole he's always calling for help to find her before Mario even knows she's gone. Exactly. So, yeah, it makes sense. They have a real relationship. Mario, <laughs> if anything, is like the husband who's just kind of doing his due diligence, like, oh, Bowser, that badass. He keeps stealing my girl. <laughs> or is Peach really with Bowser? Really? Uh, she gets around, and I'm okay with <laughs> it, you know? I, I support her poly-style lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Peach can have multiple partners. That's cool, too. I mean, there there is the fan theory that well, this, I don't know if it's a fan theory per se, but like that Bowser and Peach are the actual ones in the relationship, and Mario is just a meddling douchebag who <laughs> can't like, get over her. Wanting, yeah, he and she's like, no, I'm with Bowser now. Like, stop trying to rescue me. I don't need rescuing. It happens a lot. She, yeah, you know. Oh um, well, no, because there's a video game called Super Super Peach where she has to go rescue Mario. Yeah. And like, it yeah. Is. So I mean, she loves him somewhat. <laughs> right. It, I mean, it okay, like it is canon. <laughs> it's canon that they're in a relationship, but yeah. fan theories or people people want to ship who they want to ship. <laughs> uh true. Ricky, were you were you on the episode where we talked about shipping? Yeah, that's so funny that I got you on the shipping episode and then I got you on this one. Uh, it's maybe like when I think about love, I, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. need us two lonely people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, you, do you guys have like any crazy ships? We're not, we're not gonna put the whole episode as a ship episode, uh, but uh, like, you guys have any like crazy pairings that you norm like you pair up that does not work in continuity? I'd have to think about that one for a while, honestly. Yeah. I've been so hyper-focused on WandaVision that I've actually forgot all my other favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> you are crazy when it comes to WandaVision. It's so cool because, like, do you have the board? Is that is the board there? It's over there. No, it's not It's not uh, available to be seen at the moment. It's, <laughs> okay. it's a mirror okay. right now. If anyone it's hasn't updating. seen it before, I have a mirror in my living room that I, like, chat into for my TikToks. And then one day I finally decided to re reveal what's on the backside of the mirror. And it's my crazy, like, Charlie Day theory board. <laughs> <laughs> you just have random cutouts of Wanda and like I throughout. printed all the pictures of every character that we've seen on there so far I have like little detailed notes under each one <laughs> lists of easter eggs like little connection pieces of string it's uh <clears throat> how many chips Darcy's eating and maybe it's a clue like she only ate four chips so there you go the fantastic four <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone that far but um yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pyro Ouroboros out there says we should be talking about Bowsette. All I'm Bowsette. saying. That's, oh, yeah. Bowsette I mean, is Peach turning into Bowser. When, like, like this. Peach puts on the crown and then turns into like a female Bowser. Or goes something. full well, on dominatrix. Like female Bowser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's yeah. a cosplay favorite for sure. Yeah. Uh, I only know her from the pictures I've seen of other people modeling her. I have no idea what her character is like in canon. <laughs> yeah. If, if it is one or if it's... Is it a character or is it just something that the internet has created? It says, Pyroboros says, Bowser puts on the peach crown. I had it backwards. Bowser puts oh. on the peach crown. So Bowser turns into a woman. Well, uh -huh. Is that canon? Work. Is that he canon, Tom? <laughs> Anyone I who puts on Peach's slays. crown, anyone who puts on Peach's crown turns into a babe. Uh, Amazing. So, like, 
you that know. is a hell of a crown. What does Peach look like without her crown? There's <laughs> like Toad. What? Like so Toad. That's why they're meant to be. And he loves her no matter what. Um, Pyro Ouroboros says there was a game that revealed that Peach had a different form without the crown. Is there? Is this canon? I need to is find this, this game. I might get into video games just to answer these questions. I, I know that people do fan art. There's like fan art for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it rule rule thirty four? Is like, if the internet can think of it, there's porn <laughs> of it, right? Like, no matter what, uh, yeah. there's some weird stuff out there. The the, um, the rabbit hole goes on forever, especially like on like Twitter. I follow like uh, fan fiction. And like something okay. that's really good. Like well, I was sorry with like the Game of Thrones and like trying to figure out if they would get the ending before the ending happened. Yeah. Uh, and then like, you know, and like the replies and stuff is like, go oh, here, check out my story. Check out my story. And then just kept going and going. And I'll be like, my God, <laughs> like the imagination some people have. I'm gonna out <laughs> myself for some weird stuff, but um I spent some time on Reddit and I was I can't remember what I was looking up. But when I went into a subreddit, I discovered a complete style of fandom porn that I was not expecting, but I was not turned away from. Uh, And it is (laughs) My Little Pony, but they kind of like human morph them so that they're like half horse, half human. And I'm like, this is not horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I I like reading some of them and then like judging like, you could do better based on that first paragraph. <laughs> you could have done better. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you? Uh, what was I? What was I gonna say? Oh, it's like in Community where the dean is watching, like, yes. like a human Ooh, Dalmatian I thing, and he's like, yeah. awaken something in me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You're ever just like scrolling the internet, and you're like, oh, I, I did all the time, all the time. Uh, yeah. I wasn't yeah. expecting this, but I'm not clicking away. Not, not uh, upset with it. Not mad about it. What, yeah. what does this have to... Where did this come from? I don't know. Uh, we've definitely gone too love. far. It started with Gazette, I think. No, I was talking to myself. Oh, where okay. Did this, what are these feelings? Um, <laughs> I I just had this image of a weird, like... like do you guys remember Eek the Cat? Like... Like the blue one? Yeah, he's purple. He's purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was always scared. There was like a Fox Kids cartoon on it. And now that I'm I'm like, I've, I've never come across anything Eek the Cat related. But it was just the most random thing that came up in my mind. <laughs> what if? I would not be interested. Um, but <laughs> what was I said? Uh, I was going to talk about fan fiction. Uh Fan fiction does take the word, like some of these worst romances, and they're like, no, let's uh, let's make it into something, you yeah. know? They they see uh, what's become canon storylines, like uh, Ronnie like Hermione and Harry yeah. Potter, and then they they're like, no, we're gonna rewrite that because what they <laughs> did is horrible, and this is how it should have gone down. Or they just kind of give them new partners entirely. But I mean, Harry or, Potter yeah, fan yeah. fiction is a perfect example of when a ship like comes to port they're gonna i don't know what the metaphor is for this but yeah they're going hard with those and they're like okay canon has decided that these people are going to be couples fine 
what are their children going to do and how are those children going to like match up so that's some pretty um some pretty thick fan fiction for sure right there although uh i'm trying to remember teddy and yeah teddy lupin and um luna is no not luna's daughter i can't remember I've just seen the TikToks. I'm pretty sure because you said that combination somewhere out there, there is that pairing. I'm sure there is. Yeah. yeah. What I love is to see the people act them out too through TikToks. They're just like, I'm going to cosplay as this fictional character from this fan fiction website. And then I'm going to pretend I'm in a relationship with this other person who's cosplaying this other character. And we're just going to see how this relationship goes. There's some really good ones. They like make my heart melt. <laughs> Like, I believe in you. I want you to be together. Well, there's that fan fiction from Adventure Time that actually became a part of the Adventure Time canon. Someone wrote, like, a gender swap Adventure Time, where it's, like, Fiona. And, yeah, and then they did it in, like, a few episodes, and it's, like, it really works. Nice. Oh, there's a couple that is, like, a weird, odd one, but it works so well. Um, Have you guys been watching Big Mouth? Has this come out? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I've only seen a couple episodes. I like it, but yeah. Jay, I never and watched Jay and, and what's and your Lola. Are a great yeah. couple. My I favorite. could not stand either of their characters by themselves in the first two seasons. And then season three now, they put them together. And I'm like, this is all I want from the show. I just want to yeah. keep watching Jay and Lola together. <laughs> I want their I want I want their spin-off. Like I want yeah. it so badly. <laughs> Yeah, and they like jump into the future and you see that like because Jay has come out as bisexual and Lola is just like the most like understanding person <laughs> and they just have this oh there's like kinky relationship off into the future and they're having like sex parties with Nick's parents and I'm just <laughs> yeah. like yes I love everything about the show now. Max style. Um, <laughs> Uh, quick, uh, quick uh, detour. There's a user named Ballzet in yes. the comment. And balls, it's Ballzette says Ballzette looks like Ricky on a Friday night. Ricky, do you first thing? Did somebody watch the show, hear Ricky talk about Ballzette, and they're like, "I'm gonna make this username Ballzette and yeah. make fun of Ricky"? Uh, is it someone you know, Ricky? I don't even know. I don't. At this point, I mean, <laughs> they could know me. I don't. I yeah. got really wide windows, and yeah. Friday nights are quite of a dress up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And now that the clubs are all closed, I, I am putting on some shows for my neighbors. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, question, question for you both. Now, with fan fiction taking such liberal, uh, you know, uh, uh, measures, I guess, with like who they're pairing up, has any fan fiction changed your mind about a relationship? Um, you know, whether it's canon or not. that I can think of um oh and it just escapes me but uh come back to me on that one hold on okay. <laughs> yeah I, uh, I would say, say it's changed my mind there's ones that have been like ideas that have been like I kind of see it on either direction and then I read some fan theory and it's really solidified my point of view and some yeah. of those uh one of my favorite anime couples of all time is uh Vegeta and Bulma from Dragon mm. Ball Z, which in Dragon Ball Z, it seemed kind of like a mismatched pairing and you just didn't get it. But by the time Dragon Ball Super came along, you were like, yeah, that is <laughs> like the perfect, like they just, they go together so well. You've got this strong, stubborn girl, you've got this strong, stubborn guy. Of course they're going to clash. 
but they freaking love each other and Prince Vegeta is going to like destroy a god just because he yeah. slapped his wife. Like, yes, that is what's gonna happen. I think I mean, that's what that, you should do, right? If a, a god slaps her wife, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of like not not so much fan fiction, but like pointing out on the office when Pam is just the worst person. And I, I saw it so many times in a row that now when I watch The Office, I'm like, I fucking hate Pam. <laughs> She's just ruining everybody's life at Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> are we, are, yeah. are, do you guys think that Jim and Pam is a bad couple? I don't are like a bad them. couple? I mean, they're cute. I mean, that's what yeah. carried the show for the first couple seasons. Um, right. I didn't actually watch the last couple seasons. So I think there was really, there's really... Uh, the only couple on The Office that I thought was a really great pair was Holly and Michael. Like that, yeah. after rewatching yeah. over and over again, I was like, oh yeah, they're perfectly the best. But everyone else, like, they're just so tumultuous. Like anyone Andy's with is just terrible. Oh uh, no, yeah. Yeah, and then you have like, uh, yeah, Jim and Pam, after reading like the Reddits on Pam, I'm like, she's a horrible person. Yeah. Uh, and then you have like BJ Novak and... Um, Oh, that's oh, horrible. Man. Kelly? Yeah. Ryan right, and Kelly? And then when you read that that like, was their actual relationship, like when they were having ups and downs, they wrote it into the show. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So like, when I did they were, not like, know that. Yeah. So when they were like off, then like Kelly and Ryan were off. And then when they were like oh. in love and happy, Kelly and Ryan were like in love and happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a weird taste in my mouth now. <laughs> but, the yeah, whole, the there were some weird romances in the office, right? Like, Every I romance. Love, uh, I, Dwight, Dwight, and uh, uh, Angela, Pam's sister too, or Pam's best friend at the wedding. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. And then there was Oscar and the senator when he was married to Angela. <laughs> oh, I only yeah. watched The Office through one. Well, like I said, only the first couple seasons. Yeah. One, so I don't. I'm not the expert on that one for uh -huh. sure. But I like it. It was a good show. For a bit, so it's hard to watch. Uh, I wanna, I wanna talk. Uh, uh just cause I have these images. I got right. these images. We gotta Let's use them. them you know. Up. Uh, uh, this one right here: tuxedo and Sailor Moon. Tuxedo mask and Sailor Moon. Tuxedo um, mask. Oh, Ricky proposed this. Uh, and I don't know too much about Sailor Moon other than like I used to catch it in the morning sometimes. Mm -hmm. And my personal, my my best relationship in that show is sailor mars and me you know that's my, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my favorite For that uh, also I, I hated i could uh, hang i could hang with jupiter too i feel like oh, jupiter, jupiter, jupiter mars, is one of my favorite yeah jupiter you know? is one of my favorites yeah i was jupiter uh, obviously if you guys couldn't tell uh but um i thought sailor moon had cooler outfits so because she had like the meatball hair and I really wanted long hair. I already had like a brown ponytail as a, as a young girl. So I, <laughs> I, I felt like I was Sailor Jupiter because I was the tallest kid in class and I liked ice skating and, and things like that. But um, Sailor Moon had sweet hair. So I was upset. And though, Sailor Moon's she... transition was the best one, too, of the sure. of all of them. Yeah, it cool, took the most time. <laughs> but I hated her because she was with Tuxedo Mask and he was obviously my boyfriend. So <laughs> how dare is, she take my Darian from me? Is he the only viable male, like, like love show? interest for any of the straight characters? You know what I mean? Like, is he the I only think, love interest? 
I can't uh, remember if there are other male characters. I don't know if there's other males, but I know they like talk about. I forget which one of the scouts is like a lesbian, like later uh, on in the show. Well, Uranus and Neptune are a couple. They're canon as a couple yeah. in the original series. So right, but not them. in the American one. In the American one, they're cousins, and that's why well, they're so close. It was right? Super yeah. weird. When you go back, okay, this was like mind blowing to me when I was 18 years old, and I finally discovered that that's what I had been lied to about this entire time. Yeah. I go back and watch the episode where Sailor Venus is like in love with this guy and she like stalks him but it's actually sailor uranus in her non-sailor form so mm. it's just like this short-haired like woman with like a like a male looking top on at the time and so they're yeah. talking about anyway so i think venus is actually supposed to be bisexual if i remember correctly but no venus is straight but she thought that uranus was a guy and so she was totally falling for him and then finds out that he's with neptune and then finds out that he's a woman, actually, that just happens to appear male. And yeah. uh, her mind was blown. And I was just like, this so makes so much more sense now. <laughs> yeah. It's modern Shakespeare is what yeah. it is. They're, you know? they're way deeper when you watch them without, like, the American censor. <laughs> yeah. 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 The American censors made things that were, like, they just made things that are weird because, like, just I think it's way less hoops to jump through yeah. to be like, uh yeah they're just two girls that love each other like yeah, whatever in a relationship it's fine like the 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 things that they had to do to make this kind of like better or make sense for them so that they could show it for heteronormative television i'm just like you made it weird like you created weird things that didn't need to be there in the world <laughs> You planted right. things in children's minds that could have been avoided by simply saying that these two people were in love. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I just I feel like there are a lot of parents in in I, I'm speaking as an American here, like mm. uh not from personal experience, I'm speaking as <laughs> looking at America, that I feel like there'd be a lot of parents that'd be like, I'd rather, you know, have them date their cousin than date another girl. Gross, you know. Well, I mean, people were really upset when, like, a rumor came out that, like, Spongebob and Patrick were lovers. They're totally and, like, together. Yeah, they totally are. Are they? But, like, yeah. I, yeah, why wouldn't they be? They're perfect for each other. They could be just be asexual. No, they love each other. They need I mean, each if other. you want to think about it, like, you've got a starfish, which is an organic being, and a sponge. So, really, I mean, it's it's nothing that me and, like, some of the toys in my bedroom do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> The yeah, fact that uh, the sponge is like anthropomorphic is like uh well I mean he's he's a this. sea sponge. He's a sea sponge, right? But he looks like a like a sponge that you'd use to clean the dishes, right? Yeah. Well what's funny, oh. I didn't know there were such things as sea sponges. Yeah, I forgot uh, there were sea sponges. Yeah, even okay. after watching like maybe like five when I was like fifteen, I really we took a biology class and they talked about sea sponges and I was like Oh, that's how I just assumed he was a garbage sponge. I thought he was like trash that lived in the ocean. Oh, like a thrown away sponge that just yeah. Ended up there? I thought yeah. he was garbage. That's better that he's a sea sponge. It makes more sense. <laughs> yes. But I was like, yeah. sea sponges because uh, I used to like study marine biology. Sea sponges don't come in perfect square format. No, you know? like they don't look like that. They look yeah. like like ocean mushrooms, kind of. Yeah, they look like slinkies that just grew skin. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, Balzet. First thing Balzet says, "Hey Ricky, it's me, Dirty Sanch." So, uh, 
Ricky, you got too many uh, too many you friends got a out there. Boy. Uh, Hi, hello, Dirty Sands. Balls. I don't even. I don't want to know. Uh, Balzette says supposedly Mr. Krabs is Pearl's sugar daddy, and that's why she's always nagging him about money. I love it. Isn't it her dad though? Yeah, but there's that weird, there's that weird like like uh, cartoon from Reddit where like he's fishing or he's like picking up like gold, and he finds like a harpooned whale and the calf, and he takes the calf in. Oh, and that's how he gets pearl. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cute. Like Ash and all his great Pokemon. All right, well, that's not weird then. Uh, Mr. Plow says Spongebob is garbage, but I can't tell whether he's saying that the show is garbage <laughs> or the character. Well, um, why would he say the show is garbage? That's blasphemy, and it's it's not allowed in the world. Yeah. <laughs> what, I what, back my comment. <laughs> <laughs> what makes Tuxedo Mask and Sailor Moon a good romance? Do you um, think they're a good romance, Ricky? Yeah. Well, I remember being little watching it and always rooting for her to realize that he was Tuxedo Mask because when she goes out of Sailor Moon and he saves her like every single time, she falls in love with him. And like as a kid, you're kind of like, oh, I know it's Dorian, the guy who does the claw machine, you know? And then like when it gets to like, I think the final battle and she has like the flashback and she sees all of them on the Moon Kingdom, like the idea the that- song plays in the background and everyone's yeah. just like, oh my God, this is the best uh, the, the idea oh, yeah. that like they had to like leave their, their lives and then on this new planet, they still found each other. Like that to me, like growing up, I was like, that's so, that's so touching. Like I'm gonna find my past life lover when I put on my mini skirt and put on my meatball braids and he's gonna throw roses at me. <laughs> like yes. I'm gonna find him. <laughs> I love that. Okay, you've, you've convinced me. I always, maybe it was just because when I was watching it, I was young and the idea that if a guy was like teasing me, relentlessly i wasn't going to give him any attention so that's what dorian was always doing to serena and i was just like okay well f off then dude she can go find somebody else if she wants to that's funny that that's mm-hmm. like a, that's like a common trope though in like kids cartoons like with Helga mm-hmm. and arnold like when someone's mean to somebody like that means they like them oh and so like oh i've always i guess it's kind of why i'm always like addicted to people i like and <laughs> they never come back they don't get it <laughs> ricky you're super nice to me though does that mean you don't mean like I, me? I I like you, but <laughs> I'm not trying to, you know, jump in your sack on Valentine's you, Day. Eve. Okay, you're sending me mixed signals here, Ricky. We're moving on. We're moving <laughs> on. Okay. Let's talk about a let's talk about a horrible relationship, also because I have a this image queued up, and Bring it's it a up. great horrible relationship. We got Anakin and Padme. Yeah, they're horrible. I hate yeah. them. Ugh. Especially because uh, she's like 20 when they meet. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Obi was right there. <laughs> Why would well, she go with... They're not allowed to love. You know, so, they're not... It's weird. But Obi-Wan? I'd rather Obi and Padme. I mean, Obi, Obi already had... um, uh, What's her name? Uh, The senator on the other planet. Uh, uh, Satine. Satine, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So he had his true love, which is why he wasn't looking in Padme's direction. But 
if she was gonna like maybe Anakin was just like the next best thing she's like I don't know I want a guy with superpowers and uh <laughs> this one's giving me the googly eyes so I guess that's where it's gonna go and he's a kid he's like seven years old was he seven I thought he was supposed to be like I 11 uh I don't know how old he's, he's, he is, <laughs> what, he is. what is, is the age of consent on Tatooine what <laughs> I mean, he's he's a slave, so technically, whenever you like, want. I, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying like he was a slave, so technically, if Watto wanted anything, he could. I mean, he doesn't have to ask. He's a slave. That's what I mean. Slavery is horrible. Why? Like, I'm not. Who's painting it with a nice brush here? I mean, you know? she. She does not love him at that point. She like sees him and cares for him. He is an eleven-year-old boy who is like fantasizing about like, like sexy Padme, and you can't put that again. I mean, he's eleven-year-old. I feel like because we were we were so forced by like midway through episode two that they were going to be the couple, and that Luke, like you automatically got like Luke and Leia were going to be her children and his children. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to put any effort into their relationship, and you just had to accept that that's what was going to happen. Right. Yeah. So like it, it got really lazy, and that's like the problem with like Bella and Edward. Like, yeah. you assume that they were like always going to be together, and so reading the book, you're like, Jesus Christ! Like, okay, he's going to come in in the last minute again, and like you know, yeah, it gets yeah, it's just too forced. It's an organic relationship. I love it. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. Also, yeah. it it Good hinges. Second. I don't know what it hinges on. I'm trying to think of like what it. Oh, Okay, I don't like the whole, like, redeemable bad boy thing. Because I feel like if somebody is bad, like, get rid of them. But, I mean, people like to write it, you know? They do, uh, especially was... back in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like, uh, uh, well, before I inter... Well, I'm going to interrupt myself. Pyra Ouroboros redeemed say your username all sexy-like. Does anyone want to do that? Or I can do that. But Pyra Go for Ouroboros it, Dimitri. Is... I don't even know my username is. It's my real name. I have a I feeling that... <laughs> say your username all... Okay, so, I mean, it'd just be my name? Anyway, I made this I made this <laughs> thing up, and I don't know... Now I'm confusing myself, but I think I... What did I do last time? I uh, It was like... What, what, what was... Yeah, anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now now I'm overthinking this and also I just like I pretty much just woke up. Uh uh Dimitri. Oh, you're going like right for it. I was just gonna I do more going like for... a sultry like mega bondage. Like oh that's a, two, that's a two for one right there. <laughs> they didn't have to redeem credits. I don't know which one they paid for, me or you, but all right. They got they got what they got. Lucky. My um, background my background matches your shirt, Dimitri. Oh, oh yeah. So Except these aren't hearts. This is my Valentine's Day shirt, but these aren't oh. hearts. No, they're oh. little flowers. You know, yeah. It looks like Wonder Girl Everbloom. <laughs> you and your you and your fan theories from WandaVision. Okay, let's let's talk about Wanda Wanda and Vision, and Vision Great. being a good couple. Good um, couple. Yeah. I like them in this show in WandaVision. I mm -hmm. did not like them before WandaVision. Um, mostly because I do have a, a set of criteria, I think, for, like, like relationships that I like. Yeah. And uh, I think he's too old for her, so I automatically don't like it. She's, She's technically 17 years older than he is. I know, yeah. but 
I know, but that doesn't count. That's not the same. <laughs> I, I, like just the visual, like what we have, we have Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen and mm-hmm. uh, they're like 20 years difference. Um, and uh, it's weird to me. But she's had a hard life though. So she's, she's older than like, you know, yeah, she, and she, I ship them. Like, Paul Bettany is, like, a babe for a guy in his 50s. He just turned 50, I think. And, yeah, no, I'd do that. <laughs> we got 20 uh, years difference between I us, see. and I'd be all I'll over look that. The biz. Look, yeah. I, 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 yes, I mean, there are women who are 20 years older than me that I'm like, sign me up. Yep. I'm just saying that, like, the whole, like, oh, she's been through tough times, and, it, and like, she could date older sounds like this weird, like, it sounds weird when you, you could justify, like, you know what I mean? Consenting adults, I really, I, I don't have any qualms when it comes to age differences. Right. Um, I, but like the yeah. Anakin and Padme, that one. It was just, it was funky because they met when she, when he was a child, right? But she didn't, yeah. she did the right thing, I think. She disappeared. Dis- she went away. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, he came back into her life. And then he was like, Oh hey Padme, well, like what's been going on? You've been here working <laughs> in my spank bank for the last twelve years, and yeah. uh, I'm ready to make this thing come true. And she kind of was like hesitant about it anyway. She's like, um, no, but you know, he wore her down, and I don't. That's why I think it's wrong because I like she wasn't initially invested, and uh, he was really, um, he was kind of toxically determined to make it happen. It's like and Sandy and Danny like from Greece. Like yeah. they're the worst. They're one of the worst movie couples, but for some reason. Ugh. It's like the one that everyone knows, but like, yeah, they were never, they're not supposed to be together. He's such an asshole. Totally. Yeah. I mean, if we want to, if we want to take it back, exact, like, like, let's take it back hundreds of years. The, the, the old, the old Romeo and Juliet, you know, where people romanticize Romeo and Juliet, but they were kids that knew each other for three days and that then they died. That is not a good, that's not a good. Like, that's not a story to emulate. No. You know? Although no. Romeo and Mercutio, there's there's something I want to dig into. I'm into that. That's that's something that I've always... Even reading it, I was like, oh, I want someone to love me like Mercutio loves Romeo. If you yeah. think about it, like, nothing actually ever happened between Romeo and Juliet, did it? Like, they they had sex. Did they? Yeah, because yeah, they get married by the friar, and then they kind of, yeah. like mention that on a on a fortnight they did some stuff i know other people well, that's why they got married they have. wanted they wanted to do it they got married because they no but he had sex with uh uh rosalind why rosalind i was gonna say frangeline yeah. but frangeline is not a real thing no you are making up celebrity couples <laughs> <laughs> frangelina that's my friend dresher frangesher angelina jolie uh uh fan fiction that i write all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she hires Drew her the for giant. The hey to Drew the Giant ninety two. Uh, I don't know who Ricky's been bringing in, but maybe it's a sure. it's a Ricky friend. But thanks for thanks for stopping by. Sorry. Anyway, uh, what were you saying? I was saying that Angelina Jolie has to hire Fran Drescher to watch her twenty children, <laughs> and then the nanny sequel comes in, and that's where we get yeah. Frangelina. Oh, perfect. That's where we get, yeah. yeah. Um, future couples uh, in the nerdum that have just been announced. We've got uh, Donald Glover and oh crap, what's her name? Uh, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, yeah, I'm already shipping this Mr. and Mrs. Smith 
storyline for <laughs> 2022. I'm yeah. into it. I'm ready. Yeah. It's going to be hilarious. Uh, I like her a lot. I liked her in Fleabag. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's all I got. I like yeah. her in Fleabag. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's going to be great. I'm not like going to have too high of expectations for it because that's where I always become disappointed. But I think that it could be a great show. So I'm glad that they're already promoting it. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Smith. That's weird. Like, I didn't like the movie at all. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Have, have you watched it recently, or did you just watch it that one time in 2007 and said that was it? Yeah, 2007. That was like 2004. Yeah. Uh, this is what this Please. is what we do. We look it up. Yeah. Well, but we place bets. We place bets. Uh, I say oh, 2004. Ricky what says 2005. Year did Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston break up? Uh, yeah, I think they it broke was up in 2006. Because they broke up after Ooh. the movie. Ricky's yeah. right. 2005. Nice to yeah. 2005. Yeah. 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 I think I got that on Netflix delivered to my house by mail. Nice. <laughs> on a DVD. Back in the day, I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, I snuck uh, in to see it, but I missed the whole first half, so I didn't really get what was going on. Because at the end of the movie, they're working together, and I was like, "Hold on a minute, <laughs> what did I miss?" <laughs> uh, I lived in that that age when we still had television, and that was how you got to watch movies. Sometimes was they show up on the movie channels. There was like four channels that always only had movies, and so it would be one of those movies that was on all the time. If you just caught the end of it, it's like just wait half an hour, it'll be starting again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it was on in the background for me all the time because as like a young bisexual woman, I'm like, I'm sorry, you're going to put Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt in a movie together and they're just going to have sex in the kitchen? I'm into it. Yeah. Like, I learned... everybody like, oh yeah, let's watch Angelina Jolie. But then like, yeah, my little gay in the closet self was yeah. like, I don't know why I'm sexually attracted to both of these people. <laughs> like, I learned for the to power and for the body. Because I loved Tomb Raider and I had to figure out a way to convince people. Actually, I wasn't closeted. I was not a closeted youth. Um, but I was I'm like, I'm gonna watch this movie again. And whilst I'm doing it, I'm gonna learn to French braid my hair because I just I like everything I'm looking at. <laughs> uh my I think in the newspaper there was this cheap uh Tomb Raider poster. Um, but I didn't take it, my sister took it. And then my mom was like, no, we're taking it down. It's, like... Way too risky. Uh, it, I mean, it was, like, Angelina Jolie, like, right? It was perfect. Like, it was great. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was good. Um, I want to read a message from Pyro Ouroboros. Well, there's a couple of messages. I like to interact. Yeah, uh, Drew, Drew the Giant 92 says, you guys talking about WandaVision? We were, uh, but we've moved on. Uh, we also have a WandaVision after show on late, late Thursday night. Friday, uh, Friday morning. So Friday morning. check that out. Yeah, Friday morning. Um, Balzette says, hey, Dimitri, who do I have to sleep with to join the show? Uh, Ricky. So uh, <laughs> that's the answer to that. Uh, Pyro Ouroboros says, Scott, in Scott Pilgrim versus the world, Scott should Scott have ended up with Ramona or Knives? Ugh. Like, how, how do you feel Neither. about Scott Pilgrim as a character? Yeah. I think Scott Pilgrim is a horrible, horrible person. Oh. Uh, well, as, okay. a, as a horrible young man. Not horrible, yeah. I should say, but he's a young, like, completely Dumb. socially inept boy. He's a boy. Yeah. He's not a man. I'm not even yeah, going to yeah. say that. Like, he's a, he's a boy child. I love his roommate. His roommate is a fucking genius. And I love that he can pull every night and have a couple, like his little thruple relationship there. Um, but Scott is a piece of garbage, in my opinion. 
Mm. Yeah. Are there any romances that are good for pieces of garbage? Like, if you think there's a character that has, is a piece of garbage, are there good relationships that that... Like, can you be good at a relationship if you're a piece of garbage? I don't think so. I honestly believe that relationships take practice and work. They're not things that people are good at right off the bat. Some people find uh, strong compatibility early on in life and they luck out in that sense. But I think when it comes to being a good human in general, it, it takes work. You have to understand and be willing to not compromise. Well, compromise is the word that everyone uses, but it's, it, uh, you have to be able to learn that you're not the only person in a relationship. It's not just yeah. about you. It's about- Parks and Rec did that really yeah. well with Andy. Yeah. Cause the first season with Andy and uh, what's the nurse's name? Uh, Anne. 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 He's Anne. a terrible piece of shit boyfriend. Yeah. But by the time he comes around for April, like he's matured and you root for them. But like he started off that show, Chris Pratt was a piece of shit. That yeah. first like- 100%. Garbage. And then, yeah. So he had to go, like if they write a strong enough, you know, come around then like, yeah. A piece of garbage deserves some happiness. Even like with Nelson and Lisa in The Simpsons. <clears throat> like there's that one episode where like she's attracted to him and doesn't know why. And all he does is like fuck with everything around her and then he lies to her and she realizes her worth at like eight years old. Mm-hmm. But like you still root for them to one day like come back around. Yeah. And that's yeah. a trip that yeah. I see a lot in television. And I'd like to see it on the opposite side because there are women out there who are also garbage humans. It is not just the male character who needs to grow and, and evolve. There's a lot of projection out there that the woman is always right. And I will like, I will stand beside sisters that they need to uh, learn their own worth, but men can do the exact same. And that does not mean asserting dominance and that they have the worth. It means that it, it takes time and understanding to find that balance. And that gets missed a lot. I feel like uh, growing up, like with my, my aunts and like my older cousins, like they would always talk about like Carrie and Big from Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's, that's the one she's like... going to be with. Yeah. And now that I watch it, I'm like, no, she wasn't. He's such an asshole to her. And she keeps yeah. falling yeah. for it every time. Yeah. He left her on their wedding day. Yeah. He's like, oh, but like the other know. one, the one who she was proposed to before, Adrian, I think his name Adrian. Was? Yeah. Yeah. He's the one that's like she should have been with. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, I I watched Sex in the City with an ex girlfriend, uh, well girlfriend at the time, obviously. But like, uh, so I have a good cur- I have a cursory knowledge of Sex in the City, and I always was like, yeah, Adrian and Carrie. But also, Sex and the City has problematic views on a lot of things that is well, very. <laughs> it's problematic yeah. now, definitely, and even yeah. back then, it was a very pocket of like. Like four white, uh, rich white ladies in uh, in New York City. Yeah. 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 And it's like, oh. Like, there was literally an episode of Sex and the City where Samantha dates Blair Underwood, who, handsome man, uh, is better than, <laughs> yeah, like, is better than her. And the lesson learned at the end is that black people won't accept their relationship. What? Like, yeah, because she dates Blair Underwood and it's the first, like, black guy I guess she dates because a lot of these shows will have, like, they will not let, like, men of color date white women. We'd Like, they don't want them sullied, right? Friends does that. Sex in the City does that. Like, it's a constant thing. And uh, uh, 
And so Blair Underwood dates Samantha and then like Blair, uh, like he takes her to meet his sister. This is what I'm remembering. And then the sister like doesn't accept the relationship and they'll, and then they break up. Like the lesson learned is like black people just won't accept interracial relationships. No. Well, I mean, we had Save the Last Dance. That movie taught us a lot about interracial dating in Chicago. <laughs> I, I, I have never story. seen the movie. I've seen clips. I've never oh, seen girl. the movie. Oh, girl. I love you that movie missing. so, so you are missing much. Out. But, like, they're, I, they're not meant to be. They're not. Yeah, it's, yeah. I wouldn't call it a good relationship either. And it was a fun movie at the time, but it's problematic in its own way. And uh, yeah, he could do better. He could do better yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 So. Um, Pyra Orboros says, so is there an answer for Scott Pilgrim? Did he grow up on his pilgrimage? Oh, I think we just back. decided like he shouldn't, He's he needs <laughs> to grow up. He needs to grow up before he gets into a relationship, yeah. right? I, feel, I felt for Knives so much in that show because I was a young woman once and yeah, sometimes you get attached to this idea of somebody rather than the person that they are. And figuring out that difference uh, is really where people grow and become adults, I think, is when you can understand the concept between uh, the idea of a romance and an actual relationship. And so yeah. Nyes was stuck in this fantasy world as like a young, bright-eyed child. It's like, oh my God, he's so cool. He's good at DDR and he, he <laughs> plays guitar and he's in a band and oh my god i wish i could just like scrub that part of my memory <laughs> there but you need those relationships you need those experiences to kind of grow if you're lucky you get out of it um in one piece still so yeah, not yeah. everyone is so fortunate but uh scott definitely could have handled that whole situation better and ramona is just so out of his league i don't think she should end up with gideon but basically her relationship is just like knives you know, she for whatever reason, she's kind of attracted to this person that is really quite toxic for her. So figuring out the ability to sever those toxic relationships, um, yeah, it takes time. Yeah. And she had she had seven evil exes. I don't know that necessarily they were all <laughs> evil, but uh it takes time. I think that's the lesson and the takeaway from Scott Pelgrim is that every relationship you sequel. learn a little bit more about yourself and about the people around you and eventually you'll find what you're looking for maybe yeah there should have been a sequel where she finds a new boyfriend now scott pilgrim is like the boss ex like i would love that i read yeah. the comics originally uh, when that movie came out because it was only like six uh i think it was like a six issue manga essentially and yeah. uh, it was good the comics were way better than the movie oh yeah and it takes yeah. place in canada right yeah because the, canadian. the yeah the, the creator is canadian and yeah. so uh uh yeah i read scott pilgrim and watched the movie you know when i was younger and uh i never saw scott as problematic up until people pointed out recently i'm like okay because i feel like i was probably more like scott back then i mean maybe ricky would know because ricky has known me for years uh well, to be fair i only watched scott pilgrim for the first time like two years ago because oh, when it okay. came out, I was on the whole anti-Michael Sarah train. And I was like, fuck oh, yeah. him. Oh. I'm tired of him in every movie playing the same character. And then someone, I don't know, I told some someone dressed up as Ramona and Scott as a couple costume. And I didn't know who the fuck they were. And they were like, come on, you know us. And I was like, no, I don't. And then when I watched <laughs> you, the movie. That's what people say. Like, you know us. 
Yeah, because I don't know. It was, a, it was a good costume. Now that I've seen the movie, it was really yeah. spot on. But yeah, I didn't get it. Um, yeah. I but, love Ramona yeah. Flowers, though. She's just such a fun character. She, mm. when that movie oh, yeah. came out, uh, so the hairstyle that that actress wears in that movie, she looked identical to my best friend when I was living in Holland. <laughs> and so I, I just watched that movie and I'm like, it's my friend Kiki. I love her so <laughs> So yeah, that's the only thing. That's what brings me to happy vibes when I rewatch the movie. That and Brie Lawson, Larson. Yum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brie Larson in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did, wait, Ramona doesn't date her, right? She dates. Um, no, she dated uh, um, Superman. Brandon Ralph. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what is a uh, what's a? Oh, uh, YouTube. I don't have the picture for it. I did, but it's a web and anyway, the okay. image okay. files fuck me up. Um, uh, I need to uh, take a quick break, but talk about Cersei and Jamie. Yes. I do not. I do not. Is it Cersei? Cersei? Yes. Cersei. I think of Cersei. I think of Cersei like the witch in Wonder Woman. Cersei uh, is um, that you that you missed out on Game of Thrones. You're like nerd nerd mayor, and you missed. Well, yeah. I'm. I'm thank really you for impressed. calling me nerd nerd mayor. Is that John Mayer? Is that John Mayer as a nerd? Is that no, no, no? He just like he's, you're, not, you're not quite the nerd yeah. governor, but you're oh, you okay. have you have a poll in the office. Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I I know. Anyway, whatever. Some political uh, power, but Ga- you need like a council behind you to make anything happen. <laughs> I feel like you guys are roasting me right now, and Sorry. I'm not gonna have it. I'm not okay. gonna have it. I'm taking it out. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna talk about uh, Cersei and Jamie because you said good, I said bad, but when I put it down on the list, it was like in my uh, my little Venn diagram. They were definitely in the center there. They could have been both. They had I. If you take away the fact that they're twins, yeah, they're the, a perfect the, couple. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that yeah, because they knew how to play each other to make each other better in mm-hmm. worse ways, but better like competitors, better warriors, better thinkers. And I really, I really loved that when I forget what she tells him, but she's like, I've loved you since before we came into this world. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like that's so, like yeah. Like I loved it because it's, re- I don't know, despite the fact that it's incestuous, like they really were like, those fucking they were like the the um regina george and aaron samuels like westeros and for everything that happened in the last season there i i do appreciate that they came into this world together and they left it together you know so i'm glad that 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 there's a really good um fan fiction where it uh, another alternate ending would have been he he has to go to King's Landing. He finds her in the Red Keep. You think he's going to save her. And then he has to kill her. Oh. And then he becomes he becomes the Queen Slayer, also with the King Slayer. Oh, my then, God. Yeah, and then the mountain kills him. So then they both go out together. But um, when I read that, I was like, that would have been so perfect and so, like, poetic. Like, yeah. That, yeah, because he loves her so much and you kind of feel like he was going to kill her like the whole leading up to like that last season Absolutely. he kept like think, questioning her and like doubting her and yeah she saw like that betrayal and it was i don't know i liked it a lot I liked and yet it way we more still consider john. them the best relationship <laughs> yeah way more than john and uh and Daenerys. khaleesi yeah Ugh. 
Yeah, theirs was weird. I was not a huge fan of that. I mean, it, it made sense kind of at the time. And then when they you kind of do the math and you realize that they're related to, again, it's not the relation thing, but I mean, I'm not advocating for, um, <laughs> for family incest. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was already so well established within the premise of the show that it kind of, it, was okay. it, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, um, considering that Danny was supposed to marry her brother in the very beginning. And that was something that she was raised to expect. Like it wasn't an issue. It was an issue for John, but I, I missed Egret. I missed him and Egret. Yeah. 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 And the fact that they got married in real life was even capitalized. It still makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. So their relationship was great. Um, I loved Jamie and I really liked the turn of his character when he sort of started to outgrow Cersei and he needed to stand on his own feet. They were no longer codependent. So that's where I felt that their relationship was semi-toxic, especially at the beginning, because there was massive codependency. Yeah. And uh, and neither of them could kind of live without the other. Well, Cersei could, and she was determined to do so, but that was her own uh, personal strife and just being a woman and, and trying to uh, stand on equal footing with her father and everyone yeah. else, though. Especially when when the Jamie and Brienne storyline started playing out, and you realize that he just doesn't know that he can have others. You know, like he was part of the King's Guard, so he had to choose, you know, like the celibacy. But then, you know, hooked up with his sister. Uh, yeah. But like his whole thing of like she knows me because like she keeps telling him like we're all each other have. We're twins. We're here. Like she's so manipulated him to thinking that in his world he can only have yeah her so when he starts like becoming friends with Brienne and they start you know exploring that relationship like I remember thinking like oh poor guy like he at like 40 years old he just realized he could date another woman besides his sister <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah I think he get with back... Brienne yeah they hook up and then he okay. he gives her the pumps and dumps yeah yeah mm. he, like, he shows their... the true colors again yeah, yeah. for Brienne that's yeah, it's going back to like what I was saying before, where uh you need to have experiences. If you just like settle for the first idea of love that you have early on in life, that you you know you're you're not falling in love, you're not experiencing romance, you're not experiencing relationships, you're settling for an idea that has been put into your head either by you or by somebody else or by society. And it really takes experience to understand what a good relationship is. So it's always learning. I yeah, feel like I, we're just we're we're just gonna change this episode into like dating advice. All right, we got another caller. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell Harleen, you about your life. Harleen yeah. Quinzel, she's calling about her man. <laughs> Harleen, uh, yeah, come on over. I'll show you what a good relationship is. <laughs> uh, good, uh, good uh, segue Wait. into this image right here because again, I got a couple of images prepped. We don't mm. have to uh, whatever, but this one's a big one. That uh, I mean, this is like my number one for worst romance is Harley Quinn and Joker. Of course, um, mostly because uh, growing up, or at least in my you know young adulthood, uh, that was considered a like an, a relationship to aspire to. Like people were like, "I want to be in love like Harley Quinn and Joker." It's like, yeah. no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. They're an abusive, toxic relationship. Yeah. Joker has all the power. He beats her. She needs to get away if you're in a relationship. Okay. Blanket statement. Like if you're in a relationship like Harley and Joker, uh, get out. <laughs> you need yeah. help and, and 
we, you know, we like we could help you. But I don't know. Call I, a number. I also do something. think that that also happens because in in the cartoon they created her for the cartoon. So there wasn't really much of a backstory, right? And for the boys, the ultimate villain kind of was Joker. Right. So for like the girls, you had to have her equal, which was either Catwoman or Harley Quinn as like mm-hmm. the female, right. you know, villain. And it wasn't until watching the Harley Quinn show on HBO Max when you deep dive into like the whole uh, psychology of like why she loves Joker, like that it became like so like, did they just plant this seed in girls to like, or like everybody to just be like, look, you're going to have a toxic relationship. You're going to settle for this. Yeah. Yeah. But then you're going to realize sometime down the road, like what exactly pinpointed all those like missteps. I can I remember, the, yeah. sorry, continue. Oh, no, I, was saying, I think the cartoon did a really good job of like showing that psychology of like a, a re- healthy relationship. I can remember as a youth, the relationships that actually took place in my mind, I was one of those people who idolized Harley and Joker. And I loved the idea of pity turning to passion and her just like falling madly, like physically madly in love with him. And then, uh, like, as an adult now, I look back, I'm like, oh, that makes so many relationships just make sense. And they're so wrong where, like, I don't know why I was with this person, but I kind of just, like, settled for it, I guess. And it, it it worked for a short period of time. Luckily, I was, like, smart enough to, like, just bounce out of there. I was, I was not uh, focused enough to, like, stay with one relationship long enough that it would become too toxic in my life. But... Yeah, I was I I wanted Harley. I wanted her love and her passion. And so I just kind of kept projecting that emotion onto other people. And that doesn't mean that you're in love with a person. It means you're in love with an idea and you're taking that and you're putting it into somebody else and you're just kind of expecting it to work. But that's not a relationship. It's I always felt like that too, because well, I mean, like growing up gay, you don't really have like now there's gay characters with healthy love, but like mm-hmm. growing up, it was always like the broke back mountain story. You fell in love, but you couldn't say it because of society. So then eventually one kind of admits it but the other one just can't and like my dating record is like straight guys who like are kind of on the fence but they're teetering and because Jack and Enos had some kind of like unspoken like we choose each other but we can't do it I always assume like oh they're the same way with me (laughs) and like it's not until like now that I'm older I'm like God, you were so talk like you were so living in sludge for like a good 10 years yeah yeah uh interesting i i think that what we're realizing as we talk through this and i mean this is like a way deeper discussion and i i love it i love it when we can like figure this out it's like how do these romances that we're watching reading experiencing in pop culture they're affecting us right affecting, yeah affecting generations yeah. generations right. of human beings and what is the fallout of these relationships on television like now I understand kind of like the parental censorship because it does, it has an impact, but the fact that that censorship caused other toxic relationships to be okay, you just taught an entire generation of human beings that, uh, yeah, basically being a bad human being is acceptable in society. Right. So is pop culture yeah. mirroring the society around it or is it governing the society that's about to become i don't know right because the the thing that like censorship is doing to kids right is it's drawing a line it's not it would be good if it was drawing a line in the sand and they were like this is toxic relationships bad good supportive loving relationships good 
It'd be different if it was like that and that we were going to censor toxicity. But that's not the case. There, The censorship is straight relationships good, everything else bad. Right. But it's like, what about straight toxic? What about uh, uh, queer uh, positive? You mm-hmm. know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, how are, why are we putting the line in, sand, in the sand for kids where it's like queer relationships bad, uh, uh, straight relationships good, and that's it? Yeah. It doesn't, you know, like, it well, shouldn't also, work we, that way. We, uh, I'm assuming we're all somewhere in our 30s or near it, but, like, coming, you know. How dare you? How dare you? But, <laughs> well, you're a little bit older than I am, sir. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, <laughs> keep going. But, like, coming, you know, into the 90s and, like, our cartoons versus, like, the 80s where, like, they were all fun and, like, really wild Transformers, you know, like, they were really out there. And you get the 90s and you kind of have to, like, coming out of the AIDS pandemic and like this new kind of like depressed era, like teenager, like watching a lot of cartoons, like I didn't, I mirrored that, like, oh, I had a happy ending. So it thus it must be good. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just long for that stuff. Yeah. Like Dorian and, and, and Sailor Moon, like I long for that kind of like love or um, even like Margin Homer, like you long for it, not realizing the like irony or the satire that like, these are what the undertones of it all is. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm older, I'm like, damn. Like, so when I hang out with kids who are like, oh yeah, I watched Glee when I was five, and like Kurt and Blaine were like, oh, I yeah. there was something about that that I it clicked with me, and I'm just like, how crazy you had a positive gay, you know, role models, and you know, I had like the secret, the the Tom Hanks, like if you have sex with a man, you're gonna get AIDS and die, you know? Oh yeah. But like that's kind of like what. I kind of enjoy watching like new shows. So I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty corny, but I like it. I like, do Love too. Simon had a lot of weird things that I was like, oh, I don't get it because I'm not 17 and gay, but like I know there's 17 and gay out there that are understanding this whole thing. Yeah, and it makes sense right. for them. I mean, I watch some of those shows and eternally my my body is just like, oh, you bastards, you stupid children. <laughs> I'm so jealous. It's jealousy. And I recognize that within myself because we didn't get that same representation and so I just work through those emotions where I'm like where I'm no longer jealous that they get the happy storylines of poly bisexual throuples and it's fine where I was like living in a tiny little town be like I'm gonna (laughs) date men and women at the same time (laughs) and the world is just like uh I don't know what you're doing okay yeah and even so when you watch like Schitt's Creek as an adult like shit like uh uh Dan uh Levy's character like he came out and no one had an issue with it he got married and no one had an issue like it was just a common thing like he was gonna love Patrick and Patrick was gonna love him and like even watching as adults like mad like they didn't have to come out. They didn't have to have an announcement. Like, it was just a Monday to Friday thing for them. I like that there are kids these days that are coming out as straight because once they've kind of done a little bit of soul searching, they're like, yeah. And I'd like to get to the point in our society where the concept of coming out becomes almost archaic. Like, you don't have to tell people that. Like, nobody cares. But, yeah. um, you know, it's a stepping stone. So I like it. Right. That's um, the all, uh, well, uh, Tying, I mean, tying some of this uh, in is when you see these romances in pop culture, you want to be able to see yourself in that character, mm-hmm. right? Whether or not the character maps exactly to you, you want to see yourself as a viable love interest, right? Yeah. 
yeah. uh, uh, whether it's what the characters like or how they look or whatnot. And it's something that like, yeah, I am jealous that like there's so much more representation now because uh, you didn't get people that looked like me as viable love interests and even still probably don't because uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it just doesn't work that way. Do you guys watch Kim's Convenience? It has opened my eyes to what I've been missing my whole life. And uh, uh, a convenience I, store? It's a convenience store. I, <laughs> you I miss, and your parents want to run a convenience yeah. store. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, my yeah, my mom was a my mom is a teacher and my dad was uh was a cop and that's not stereotypical. I wish we owned a convenience store. Um uh, <laughs> uh, uh Kim's Convenience, it's uh uh it's a Canadian show about a Korean family. Uh the parents own the shop, they have two kids, the son's estranged, the daughter runs the shop, but there's a lot of fan like it, it, it's so sweet and funny like it's just pure comedy pure comedy but like you know what i mean uh yeah. um and they're all korean they're all korean canadians which maps pretty easily to korean american experience here in america or at least in california um you know it's very diverse and like you go as an american i'm going into the show and i'm watching it being like well, here are the archetypes for everyone. This archetype, this archetype, this guy's the annoying guy. He's obviously not going to get any. He's, you know, whatever. And then I realized everybody has love interests. Everybody uh, is a fully fleshed out three-dimensional character. You know, uh, everybody is worthy of love. And that's not something you get. I, I hate to make a blanket statement, but like it's not something you get in America. Like with you obviously have not seen the Twilight Saga because that's what it was all about. Yeah, oh, everyone needs well, to have we'll a relationship. Get to that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, but like, but but across all, like, like in American like media and and you know maybe Kim's Convenience is different in Canada and as far as like Canadian media is concerned, but like, they are not viable love interests. No of them are in american media like none of them are i'm not they're not we are not worthy of love in american media because of the way we look we're archetypes we're we're here to support and cheer on the white best friend like you get you go get her dude and like that's it right but that's what media has raised us to be is like hey fuck you we don't care about you you're not worthy get to the side and i as a hetero man, as a hetero man, it feels weird that I'm like complaining about that. Like, but it's all it's all very similar like stories in the sense that like only one type of person is worthy of love in American media, you know? Uh Too bad. and so uh, I think Netflix is working on trying to change that. I oh, find yeah. Netflix is probably the best uh streaming platform that I've seen that's uh actively working to bring a bit more diversity into its programs and is producing programs specifically to offer yeah those kind of um uh that, that kind of imagery and those kind of yeah, storylines yeah. and the uh, yeah. the old guard was one of them that caught me right off the bat i was yeah. completely sold with um i'm forgetting their names now nikki and uh joe, joe? is that what joe. you said i think joe yeah. and nikki yeah. yeah um i i did not read the comics but the second that they put in this immortal love story of these two uh, I can't even remember their original heritage, but they were like from like 
they could have been Sri Lankan for all I know. You know, it was just yeah. like, yeah. Oh, like they were ancient Rome, but they, whatever they were, they were immortal. They were so old that they were bringing back humanity to before it had the diversity that we have today. You know, like, it, yeah. I loved yeah. it. I loved everything about it. And they were the perfect romance. They were my favorite couple. Right. I got to watch it again. Right. So I'm glad um, that. Have you seen uh, Old Guard, Ricky? No, uh, since the so the quarantine started, and I I purchased wrestling, the wrestling app, the wrestling network WWE, and that's <laughs> I can tell you every love relationship that happened in that in that <laughs> sport. WWE. <laughs> yeah, that's all I watch, and my friends are like, have you seen this? And I'm like, I'll watch it after WrestleMania 29. I swear, <laughs> I'm almost there. But yeah. uh, I, I did like what the old guard did because. It's funny. There's a there's a line. Okay, uh, not an old guard, but it just reminds me of th- this. I'm tying it all together. Okay. There's a movie called Top Five with Rosario Dawson and Chris Rock, right? Yeah. And I think there's a scene where Chris Rock is asking her, like, "How many guys have you been with?" Like, j- they're just like bantering, and like, you know, is there like is there a race you haven't been with? And she's like, nah. And then he's like, even a Chinese guy? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, really? And he's like, yeah, there's, what'd she say? She's like, there's a billion and a half of them. They gotta be fucking right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so like, we, we don't think about this stuff because again, a Chinese man is not considered our viable love interest in in, in cinema. So right. when it comes to old guard, yeah, one of them, it, I think he was like Middle Eastern. Uh, well, he's the guy who played Jafar. Jafar in the live oh, action Aladdin movie, right? Um, okay. And then he has a white love interest, and they're both men from th- a thou like he's from a thousand years ago. He's from like five hundred years ago, and oh, it's that's like right. yeah, it you know, uh, <laughs> an age difference between the mortal <laughs> beings, and like and like yeah, there you know there were gay people back then, you know, and and also he's like Middle Eastern, like. There is love interest like that even back then. And we don't think about like all our ancestors that like got married and fucked their way into modern day, right? So <laughs> like that uh I do like those two characters. Yeah. And I'm glad that you you brought them up in like when we were talking beforehand, because I wouldn't have thought of of them at all. I don't think about yeah. that movie. That well, it, it's a fairly new movie, so there's a lot of people who haven't seen it yet. Um, the comics I haven't read, I would love to, but honestly, what, what made them immediately come to mind for good relationships is the fact that as soon as I saw those characters on screen, I'm like, I love this show. I love this movie. I was like, the rest of the movie could have gone on. If they weren't in a relationship, I would have forgotten about that movie entirely. But the fact that they were so in love, they were a strong, good relationship that had banter. They had fights. They had but a compromise, you know, they were a real relationship that they worked on for 500 freaking years. But right. the most important thing about their lives was the fact that they were able to continue it together. And, uh, and that's what the overall theme was of the show for me. So that's what I loved about it. You know, the rest of the immortal storyline could have, I feel like we've seen that kind of storyline before in other things, but their love is really what sold the entire premise. So uh, I hated, uh, speak of like eternal love, I hated the movie Hancock when I was watching it. Oh, I yeah. Thinking, yeah. I was like, this movie's so like boring, I don't get it. But then when the punch comes at the end that uh, Charlize and Will, spoiler alert. Drawn together. You know, 
yeah and when they're drawn together they one's weaker than the other so they have to separate forever and eventually they find themselves back i remember thinking like that's so fucking amazing and that's the one thing i remember about the movie aside from like the train scene when he stops it but Mm -hmm. like if you ask me what the movie's about, I'm like, what's oh, a love story? <laughs> I completely a, forgot about that relationship. Yeah. And Charlize is the lead in The Old Guard. So if you haven't okay. watched it, you should really watch it. I, I um, love her so much. Best yeah, romance is me and her. That's, <laughs> you know, that's my sometimes I forget. Uh, sometimes I forget that Megan Kelly isn't her. And I have to like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't care about this girl. I care right. about she's playing her. She yeah. played her in that. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to talk about Twilight because we brought it up uh, earlier and how like there's this narrative of triangles that makes us push like, oh, this girl has to end up with either or, right? One or the other. This girl can never end up like on her own. She has to pick one or the other, you know, Uh, Jacob or uh, uh, Edward. 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 See, I even like I, you know, Ricky, Ricky, you, you, you mentioned that you don't like Jacob and Bella? I don't know. I, I don't like Jacob and Bella. And I okay. what's funny is that I like Jacob as a character because he was more real than, you know, the vampire, obviously. But, like, uh, I didn't like that there was automatically this conflict. It wasn't like she liked him also while still developing, you know, feelings for Edward. It's that he came in immediately as Stephanie Meyer was like, I would love if two hot men fought over me. So let me just add this cute little native boy to the story. And it ruined it because you don't care for him. And people that were like, Oh, team Jacob. It's like, no, you like Jacob. You don't like Jacob and Bella. Like that, that relationship was never going to happen. That's a a great point. Yeah. uh, But like in doing so you kind of, and then also introducing the Cullen family, like, them as a couple, like Rosalie and Emmett, uh, Alice and Jasper, Esme and Carlisle, like they are such great couples that you understand like the pressure Edward's under to just find Bella. And so you kind of want it for him more than for her. Like I did, I wanted him to be happy in his family with her. Cause like in the story they make Rosalie a vampire so that she would love Edward, but they didn't get along. And then she found Emmett one day and then she, saved him and she fell in love with him and him her but like the whole like you know a hundred years has passed and no one has been able to spark edward the way he sees like his family so like i i love i love the colons but like i don't know i just feel like every relationship to bella was so forced because stephanie meyer was writing too personal for it yeah right like yeah a hundred percent agree but what was so marketable about it is that every woman and I was of course a perfect uh, audience member for it at the time when it came out I was like 16 to 18 and yeah I was projecting myself into that main character the reason that people hated Kristen Stewart when those movies come out is not because of Kristen Stewart as an actress it's because every woman in the world didn't imagine anyone else but themselves playing the character of Bella and so that again that's just that jealousy being projected um, and yeah, it's whether it, you put you put it perfectly that it had nothing to do with whether or not they liked Jacob or Edward more. It's whether or not, or sorry, Jacob and Bella versus Edward and Bella. It's whether or not they liked Jacob or Edward themselves personally, and whether or not they would find themselves in a relationship toxically with a bad boy or 
you know, with, with like the little the sweetheart. fish over that do every yeah. Yeah, or if they yeah. wanted basically a slave. And that's again horrible, horrible tropes to be trying to push me because that's saying that you can pick uh either a man who's going to treat you like trash or you're gonna pick a man that you can uh use as a doormat. And, and then to I move like further, like to move further on that, if you see the grown-up version of Twilight that came out after everyone kind of became of age was like Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, oh, right. like same, same outlay this, you know, the mousy yeah. girl, and then she meets the dick of like, you know, but he's like amazing in bed. And then she has randomly this other guy, and you're like, why do I even care about him? Like he has nothing other than the fact that he's more normal than this yeah. like, you know, millionaire, you know, sadist. But like I remember reading that too, and I was just like, well, it's clear she's gonna end up with with gray. Like there's no questions about it. But if but you like, just put that on a page, you're not going to sell like a bunch of other books. So yeah. they have to like create words. And, yeah. And so I always had a problem with that too. Cause I was like, this is just too copycat. Even like yeah. the family scene and stuff, but like the, the baseline of Twilight, what you said. Yeah. Like everyone pictured, I pictured myself as Bella. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was really, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, uh, like, I mean, I don't, I don't follow Twilight, but like, like I love Daisy Ridley and I love Ray, but I'm not gonna hate on someone for getting with that character. Okay, wait, though wait, wait. I no, do, wait, though wait. I do hate Kylo now Ren getting with her. Yeah, I hate Kylo Ren and Ray. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, Finn. I also, well, because Finn, Finn should have been with Ray. No, no Finn should have been Finn's with Paul. <laughs> that was no relationship. No, no. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Kylo. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Here, right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Finn their, and relationship was their relationship meant to be. Oh, perfect. Why can't why can't they just be good guy friends? I like the idea that there should be good strong relationships and that bromance is great, but that's right. not what how it was being played. I think the actor who played Poe even said that he was. I, I'm like making stuff up here. Correct me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> I, I'm fairly I certain <laughs> that the actor spoke out and said that he was playing it romantically in his head. And he would have loved that to happen. So. Yeah, okay. and it's just I'm not, and it's not even like it. they say anything. Just it's saying. just that one scene when he sees them with the jacket, and he's like, "Hey, man, that's my jacket. It looks yeah. good on you." And that one line, I was like, "Oh my god, he loves him!" <laughs> like, because like, the way Finn is like, "Yeah, your jacket does look good on me. Your clothes would look good on me." <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have preferred. Uh, I would have. I would have preferred to have seen Finn and Ray have that strong adult relationship that that was what i didn't want to have happen is that finn is just fawning over ray like why can't they have the strong relationship that everyone yeah. has seen between poe and finn i want ray and finn to have that and then i mean that's possible too to be in the romantic if there needed to be one but i'm perfectly happy with all three of them just being best friends for life you know? <laughs> yeah i mean that's kind of what ended up but yeah. i do not like the redeemable mass murderer kylo ren i don't i don't i don't buy that he's a mass murderer he is he is hitler's yeah. youth like yeah. totally agree but, totally agree yeah totally no. agree i i, I just <clears throat> i don't believe we should we should reward him with ray uh also treating ray like an object to be a reward yeah. uh but also it uh my my belief with with Star Wars the the new sequel is that they were setting up Finn and Rey. There are many scenes in Force Awakens that has like uh uh there's they didn't play it that great, but like where there's a little bit of a setup, but they backed away because 
all the anti, like, I think it was a race issue. Okay. Anti-Finn, uh, yeah. anti-black man with white woman. Uh, right off the bat, like, people hated on Finn for being a black stormtrooper. And like, oh, yeah, that's too bad. Like, right off well, the bat. John Boyega I mean, had that joke in SNL when he's reading and he's, like, laughing. He's like, oh, yeah, you're right, a black stormtrooper. And he's like, oh, wait, a black stormtrooper? And he's, like, all excited about it. Yeah. That's yeah. too yeah. bad. Uh, I wouldn't have thought of it like that, but I'm I'm sure you're right that that's why the annoying, horrible fandom would be such ugh, gross. Yeah. Um, I thought though, Grey's that, Anatomy had a thing like that with race too, though. Not to sidetrack, but like what happened? Uh, so Meredith's mom was with her dad, who's a white. They were a white couple, but she yeah. was having an affair with the chief of the. Oh, the well, surgical. Was, but yeah, he's black, and they never made it public because at the time they were dating like in the 70s it was still kind of new but like well, that she was having an affair yeah the whole like first three <laughs> four seasons everyone was having an affair at seattle grace though yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, but like the first two like the first three seasons there's a lot of like conversation between richard and meredith where they talk about like the struggle of like how much he loved her but like couldn't do it because of her dad but like, yeah, and so I just feel like that one metaphor of, like, this love is secret and forbidden, even though it's the best, like, it just keeps being, like, thrown over, same with, like, Finn and, and Ray. like, right. yeah, they could love each other, but not in this universe, <laughs> not at right. this time. Yeah. But the one thing that I did actually appreciate of the fact that they kind of rewrote it is because there's this natural thing that happens all the time in life, and it happened in the Marvel universe, and you don't see it very often, or it just doesn't get noticed or talked about, and that is the idea of a, an attraction, like physical attraction happens, but then for whatever circumstances, it just never seems to come to fruition. Like we missed our moment. We had that with um, Bruce Banner and Tasha Romanoff. And I think it happened with Finn and Ray. And we're just not really acknowledging that because we're looking at all the politics in the background. But if you were looking just at the storyline in front of us, yeah, relationships happen and you think, is there something here? Is there something else? And then it's like, oh, you know what? There's a war going on. This is not the priority. Romance is not what I'm looking for at the moment. And yeah, you can go the rest of your lives without ever really knowing what could have been. And that happens all the time in, in human civilization. And I, I just kind of liked that one little part of it. So that's my only two cents, but the race thing is garbage. So. Hey, I, I thought I think we lost our chance. I want to do it again. Yeah, I want to try it. Let's it's not gonna you know, work like, because then because then it's forced, and it and it, if it doesn't yeah. happen naturally and organically, it's just not gonna work for the same reasons that I just can't stand uh, dating apps. I just find like you're you're just putting yourself out there, and that it, it just doesn't happen organically. I know lots of people have found their true love and their their compatible matches on there through dating apps, but for me personally, I think. If it doesn't happen organically, it's just not, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah. just an emotional being. And if it doesn't happen at the right time, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Um, uh, uh, Marvel, Marvel. Uh, Cause somebody said something, Pyro Orbor said best couple in Marvel, uh, Marvel cinematic universe. Okay. Let's, let's go cinematic universe. Then we'll go comics. Because okay. that's a much okay. bigger thing. But cinematic right. universe, we were talking about Wanda and, and, Vision, and Vision. Great, but I still don't buy it. In the show, I do, but like, yeah. I don't know who 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 is the best couple in the MCU. Ah, it's not Pepper and Tony. <laughs> they are garbage. 
Yeah, they're they're bad too. Um, she's just constantly going back to a toxic situation, but he's got nothing else. He's de very dependent on her for his emotional yeah. well-being, and uh, yeah, she literally but, works for him. Yeah, but yeah. they're they've got a parent. Well, she she worked for him, and then he made her CEO, and he backed his way out of the company. It just happens to be his yeah. name on the door. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like I like Gamora and Star Lord. Yeah. It kind of that you watch it blossom, like from when they're in jail together and they're just kind of like on this team to get out. So when he's playing her music, like to me, when someone sends you a song that, especially in this era where everyone has like Spotify or Apple, you have a million songs and you found this one and you send it to this person. Like whether it's like, you know, a dick move where you're actually organically doing it to me, music speaks that. And when he shares, yeah not just any music, but like the music that his mom, someone that he really loved with Gamora and they have that one quick moment and then she remembers she's a warrior and like he, the human side of him is like, oh, this is love. And then she's like, get the fuck away from me, please. <laughs> and then like to it being like, you know, in Infinity War when uh, Nebula's like, he went to Vormir and he came back with the Soul Stone. And yeah. like it hits him like that pain and like, you hate him in that moment when he's fucking up Thanos when they're that close to the plan. But like for two and a half movies, you were just like, wow, I was rooting for them. Like yeah. they were to me like the best couple. Mm -hmm. And when they meet again in Endgame and she's like, this is the one. And like, you know, it's like 2010. <laughs> it's either him or a tree. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's really funny. It's like, yeah, like you only have those choices, but yeah, he was the one like, yeah. I like Star Lord and Gamora. I put my vote for them. All right, that's a good call. Dimitri, do you have one? Uh, well, somebody said not Hank and Janet, but if I think about Hank Pym and uh, uh and, and Janet in yeah. in the movie, in the comics it's real bad, but in yeah. the movie, like I do like that idea of like you lost that person and you will find a way to save that person again. She yeah. was stuck in the quantum realm and he wanted to get her back. And I think that that's yeah. romantic. Well, well, we'll see how that progresses too, because if um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer ends up being a bit, little bit more in the MCU, I don't know that she would sign on for that. I don't know that she wouldn't, but uh, she could definitely be her own stand-up character where Hank Pym's character, I think more than doing it for love, he was doing it to uh to appease his internal guilt but he just gave up and he realized that there was more he could have done and as a scientist and as a as a husband he thought there's something that I should have done and and now I'm gonna follow through with it which uh I call a good strong moral character but not necessarily that he was doing it for the love of his life so yeah okay. it wasn't wasn't necessarily a selfless act okay have you have you guys seen where where dreams may come? When when dreams, uh, it's it's a Robin Williams movie where his he dies in a car crash and then he he's in heaven and he sees that his wife has just killed herself because she is uh uh you know distraught over his death, but she goes to hell because she kills herself, and Aww. so he he works his way to hell to save her. Or to be in hell with her. Oh. And uh, that's the premise of the movie. I think it's worth 
worth watching. I, I like the movie. I'm going to uh, watch that. It's going on the Valentine's Day list. I got a couple. Yeah. Uh, it's sad. It's just a sad movie, but like, Perfect. I'm not going to spoil anything. I think it's worth seeing, but that's what it reminds me of with Hank and Janet. But that at the same time, you're saying it's more of a guilt driving him. And that could be true too. Yeah. You know, you know? Um, some people, uh, well, did you get to say what your, your MCU oh, pick is? My, my favorite MCU, uh, relationship or partnership, I guess, uh, would be Peggy and, and Cap. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm not really a huge Captain America fan. Uh, I loved Peggy Carter. I loved her own show. I was so distraught the day that I heard that she was canceled. She got canceled the same day that Castle got canceled. I was like, well, we never found out who kidnapped him. Um, <laughs> I was so upset that day. Uh, but I, I love the storyline. And it's, if you go back and watch the, the interaction between Cap in Winter Soldier with Cap and Peggy, I think it just totally tracks that he went back in time and he spent his life with her because they come up with this sort of backstory that uh, he played somebody who he saved within the um, in the war and that that happened to be her husband, but you never see any pictures of him and they could have easily just taken an identity of some fallen soldier that he knew had died and then he just carried on that that uh, oh, yeah. so that he could be with Peggy. So yeah, yeah they, they were always together and Peggy That's, did a really yeah. good job at, at uh, playing it straight so not to screw up the timeline when Steve did come to visit. So uh, She had Alzheimer's though. She had dementia. So right. like, so she couldn't have let anything slip. Basically, no. some people say that Endgame, like Cap going back in Endgame creates an alternate timeline. It does not. No. I will defend this till I die. I have my, you have, you have your WandaVision board. No yeah. doubt you have your own visual thing for it. But basically, yeah, no, he was always in the past. Yeah. There were two Steve Rogers. Constantly. Throughout. One yeah, frozen three at one ice. point. Yeah. Somebody said like five at one point because yeah, they count Loki. The math. Yeah. Yeah. Loki as Cap. Yeah. But like, because of Endgame, there's like five Captain yeah. Americas on that world at once. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, he, he, he's always been in the past and, uh, the cap I know would not create an alternate timeline and deny Peggy's original husband yeah. and children from being born. It wouldn't make no. any sense. He wouldn't have been able to be Captain America, but be, he knows that that's the case, but he would have found <laughs> other ways to do as much good as possible. Subver um, yeah. His, like, yeah. So yeah. if he was essentially running shield, <laughs> I would love to find out if he like had something to do with the development of sword or I don't know. I don't really know a lot of the backstory of Captain America and what uh, organizations he could end up being involved in, but I definitely think yeah. he's anti-hydra stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. What were you going to say, uh, Ricky? Um, that just makes him dating Peggy's niece a little bit creepier if yeah, he didn't know, a, a he, didn't of know he was gonna go back. In he didn't time. know, and it wasn't a yeah, blood relative. Yeah. It would be like her brother's kid or something like that, right? So, also, like she had the essence of Peggy Carter, though. So that's what drew him to her. Yeah, like in the comics, yeah, but not not in the movie. Yeah, I was really glad yeah. that they deleted the scenes where their relationship kind of came more together, and instead they just had that little kiss, kiss. kind of at the at the yeah. end. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. again, one of those missed opportunity moments, and they kind of, like, 
they gave it like a, a period at the end of the sentence. Like, okay, we tried the kiss and that was nice, but now it'll never uh, grow more beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about missed opportunity is, and for a reason, is Valkyrie mm-hmm. and Thor. Because there uh, is there is a tension there, but like, he's not going to act on it. Yeah, well, there's, again, same as with Finn and Rey. They do yeah. the same exact thing, which is jumping up at the same moment, getting close to each other, Nothing. No, I I don't think Valkyrie thinks that way. Yeah, I saw them more as like she was the big dog on on the field, and then he had to prove that he was the big dog, and just happened that they were very much alike. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, She's not going to end up with him at all. But there is a sexual tension moment where they jump into the ship in Ragnarok, and they jump up and they get close, and they're not going to kiss, but there is a. I wouldn't call that sexual tension. I call that more like like what Ricky was saying is them kind of like like measuring dicks, so to speak. You know, like yeah, all think, right, like uh, you're on par with me, I'm on par with you. Because then she grabs the big gun and she gives it that thrust, and I'm like, oh, Valkyrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think it was after. I, okay, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. All right. No, if anything, uh, if anything, there was like the connection between her and Banner, and I would have loved to have seen that kind of go down a little bit, but. I think, again, that's just, like, some strong camaraderie. Banner's obviously in love with her, but she's just like, all right, dog, that's cool. Um, I don't think that way. If there was, like, a a Valkyrie and and Hela kind of, like, backstory of, like, that being, like, the pain that she had to take down Hela after being, like, her guard, like, kind of thing. Yeah. I think I would have liked that more than her and Thor. Mm -hmm. Because even though, like, Thor and Natalie Portman's character, they were cute, but I didn't... I didn't take it as serious as, you know, when, yeah. like, Jean Grey dies and, like, Scott goes apart the ocean or whatever, you know, like that. It didn't really... I got it, but it didn't really no. do what it needed to do. I actually just heard recently, I didn't realize this before, but the end of uh, Thor, when he comes back and he, like, has this big, passionate kissing moment with Natalie, apparently that's his wife, actually, like, Chris Hemsworth's actual wife that Natalie Portman couldn't be on set that day. I could be just completely, I, I didn't fact check this, but I'm pretty sure that's what they said because you don't see Natalie's face. It's just his hand kind of blocking it. But the only passion that you actually see on screen, if that's the case, is actually between Chris Hemsworth and his wife and not between Natalie and Chris and, and Thor. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> All right. But if, if I'm going to look up any fan fiction for Valkyrie, uh, it's going to be, be between her and Nebula. I would love to see that shit go down. Valkyrie Nebula. Valkyrie uh, Nebula. Yeah. Hmm. They would be, oh, they would they would have like that passionate, aggressive start to a relationship that shouldn't have happened that will actually feed into like the perfect uh compatibility, I think. So hmm. that's just my my take. And after this, I'm gonna go look up some fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, speaking about uh after this, uh we gotta wrap up this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts or remembered a couple that you were like, oh, I really wanted to say this one's a good couple or a bad couple. Ricky? Um, good couple, bad couple. Um, I got one, yeah, if you don't. I really, I really liked rewatching them uh, the other day, uh, Neo and Trinity in The Matrix. Oh, cool. Because I feel like she... You didn't think she was going to be sexually attracted to Neil, although you knew that they needed to be like that love <laughs> interest again, yeah. you know, but like her love for him and like 
her trust in him and then like the way he fought for her and like there's something about that even in the very end when like she sees the sky for the first time like she sees it with him mm-hmm. like he's there and he can't see it but he's seen it before in the matrix like i don't know it's something i've always loved their relationship and watching it now as an adult i love it a lot more right. so yeah they're a really good couple too for me my favorite couple for all time will always be rogue and gambit uh i'm a huge rogue fan and lots of people they don't ship them they think that gambit is like a toxic um playboy but personally i see that gambit knows the situation that he's in i mean eventually they get married uh mm-hmm. but especially early on in their relationship he's very aware of what rogue is physically able to do and as much as he has the desire to be with her he wants to make her feel like a woman and he's able to do that by keeping her tantalized with these sort of like playboy antics and teasing her he never actually pushes his boundaries like he's he's very well of the consent that has been given and he's not going to do that until she says otherwise and so i just i have all the respect for gambit and i just love a cajun accent so yeah. <laughs> um yeah that i mean that that is a good one um another i think a good relationship that i like is uh in the comics at least uh the flashes like every like wally west and barry allen have what they call their lightning rods which is their love their their love for something right so mm-hmm. wally west and linda park and then barry allen and um uh iris and so, like, you can get lost in time, you can turn into pure energy, get scattered across the universe, but you find your way back to your lightning rod. And um, it happens multiple times, first with Wally West, and then they kind of scrapped Wally for Barry when Barry came back. But the point being is that, like, Wally West would always find his way back from the mirror universe, from, from any, like, point in time or space, back to Linda. And, like, Wally got, like, written out and like almost dematerialized and then he found his way back to linda who didn't even remember he existed in the first place because the timeline got like rewrote and so i think that's romantic i don't know i i I like i like the idea even though i don't know know whether i technically believe in real life is that like the idea of like oh you find your way to that person right right even if I believe it or not. I don't know. I, I 100% believe it. And for that, I'm actually going to give you a movie recommendation. If you can find it online for your Valentine's Day time of year. I watch this every mm-hmm. year. It's called Timer. And it is uh, an indie film back from 2009. It was written, directed by Jack Schaefer, the showrunner of WandaVision. So okay. you already know I'm a huge fan of her, but it's starring Emma Caulfield, who played Anna or Anyanka in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who's in WandaVision mm-hmm. as well. And it's all about the concept of uh, basically everyone has these little devices implanted in their wrists and it counts down to the moment that they're going to find their soulmate. And that's all I'm going to tell you about it. It's just, it's so beautifully done. All right. I wrote it down. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Before we get going, um, um, well, I'll I'll go one by one through you. Uh, Vaga, uh, what's your social media? Where can we find you? Uh, You got any plugs to make? So on and so forth. Uh, my big play today, uh, I've got another live stream later on. We're going to be talking some more WandaVision uh, with T3 Media on YouTube. Uh, so if you want to go there, we actually had a show earlier this week talking about what we expected from the episode that just happened. So later this uh, afternoon, uh, 7 o'clock Pacific Standard, Pacific Standard Time, whoever you are in that, uh, we're going to be going live on YouTube 
D3 Media. Uh, other than that, I'm always on TikTok, constantly through the times. These days, it's all WandaVision pretty much all the time. Uh, there's going to be some more stuff coming up. Sometimes it's cosplay, but most often right now it's series. And I do lives every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, basically the hour before WandaVision drops. So you can come and hang out with me there. I'm on Instagram, but I've been distracted lately. So my imagery shows up. And if you go through my links, you'll find some other naughty things that I do. So <laughs> check me out. All right. Uh, Ricky, what do you got coming up? You got anything? What's your social media? All that good stuff. Uh, my social media is letter I, letter B, Ricky. Uh, it's Twitter, Instagram, uh, and I think on TikTok too. But uh, I've just been trying to work up my dog social media. Uh, it's Nate underscore in underscore 103. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's on my attention <laughs> right now. Everything that I thought I was going to get done in 2021 got like halted because now I got this fur baby to take care of. So, uh, yeah, I wish I, I wish I was a little bit more, uh, productive, but I'm a, I'm a dog dad now. So yeah, he gets, he gets all my time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Uh, and you do what you can. And I always get you on episodes of this. So, yeah, you know, uh, stay, we always stay find here. our way back to each other. Oh, am I your lightning rod? Maybe. Are you mine? Pikachu. <laughs> um, so, uh, thank you everybody for watching this episode. Thank you, Vaga. Thank you, Ricky, for uh, coming on this episode. Uh, um, this got into corners of, of conversation that I didn't think we were going to get into. Uh, so thank you for being on this journey with me and uh, with the audience. Uh, and um, thank you to the audience out there. Uh, give us a follow. Give us a subscribe if you can. Uh, we're on, uh, obviously, Twitch here at The Keeg Show. Uh, we're on TikTok at The Keeg Show. Instagram at The Keeg Show. Uh, we're on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we got podcasts. We got our WandaVision after show, uh, which is late night. Thursday, well, early Friday morning, uh, 1 a.m. Uh, we're trying to cultivate a late night community. We got a Friday night show, uh, which is the key back uh, every Friday night at 9 p.m. Pacific time. So we're always doing something. So stay tuned to everything that we have. Um, once again, thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Vaga. Thank you, audience, for, for coming out and spending this time with us. Once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been The Key Live. Take Yay! care, everybody. Bye. Peace out. Zoom.